Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mouse Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm unfortunately not joined here by my co-host, Jaren, as we continue to have this little fling of solo podcast. But uh, don't worry whatsoever. He will be back in the next one. This is the last solo podcast in this little stretch of these that, you know, we've just had some time conflicting issues. But nonetheless, let's get into this Mavericks 130 to 110. Um, I don't know if I... If it in all technicality, if it was wire to wire, but um, in terms of what it seemed like, one of the best wire to wire wins for the Mavericks this season. Luka Doncic and Christian Wood combined for 65 points. Christian Wood had a career high, I mean, uh, not a career high, but a season high and a Maverick career high with 32 points on 11 of 17 shooting from the field. Um, it was definitely by far his most off- dominant offensive performance with the Mavericks. The Mavericks just had a really good night shooting the ball. Um, there was really good applied defensive effort from the Mavericks and stretches, um, their team defense in terms of their rotations. And I mean, I thought they did a really good job at poking the ball away and being intrusive on some of these Nurkic pick and rolls with Lillard and what have you. Um, but I also thought the Blazers were kind of sloppy at times and definitely just didn't have it during stretches this game. And for, so, you know, it kind of, goes both ways in terms of if we're giving more credence to the fact that the Blazers were just playing really sloppy and missing shots and the Mavericks defensive intensity. But nonetheless, it wasn't like a bad defensive game for the Mavericks by any means, you know, they got out and they actually had quite a bit of fast break points in this game. I don't have the exact number pulled up here, Um, but off of long misses and um, you know, the few steals that they were able to get, they really pushed the ball in this one. And I mean, this was a really highlight infused game, right? We saw, that insane Luca um, sort of hesitation where he, and then he kind of looks off the guy on the left wing and then he goes in for the one hand Tomahawk jam. I mean, that's definitely a top three dunk of his career, only probably rivaled by that one in Denver, his rookie year and the one the, uh, last week versus Milwaukee. And then, you know, of course, Luca and um, Christian Wood in the pick and roll. I mean, that's a lot of highlights by itself just right there from, I mean, they got at least like four just easy lobs because the Mavericks were able to toast the Blazers who were playing drop coverage with uh, Drew Eubanks and Yusuf Nurkic, you know, two definitely kind of non-defensive centers. You know, Eubanks obviously has his moments where he steps up as a fairly okay rim protector, but, you know, Wood was definitely able to use his foot speed to be able to get behind him, especially since Wood was able to use his shot tonight to really open up things in terms of getting into the lane for him as those blazer centers were preemptively closing out on him and what have you. So that was definitely something that worked to the Mavericks benefit in this one and something that we will be getting into, um, you know, more so here in a second. And also lastly, uh, in terms of the highlight plays tonight, I, you know, couldn't mention, you know, I couldn't fail to mention that Greg Brown, the third jam at the end over JaVale McGee, um, you know, before I ended the intro, because, you know, while it wasn't garbage time, um, you know, just because of it being JaVale and everything, it was very hilarious, hilarious, you know, and he had to duck his head and everything. And I mean, for any of those who know Greg Bowden, the third kid out of Texas, 
Um, still kind of definitely trying to find his place in the league on that Blazer squad, but he has a, he has bounce. He went to Vandergriff. And I mean, if you see some of his balls, life highlights, that is, that is a bouncy um, MF -er, per se, <laughs> no other way to put it. Um, but uh, nonetheless, we will be getting all into it here. But before we do that, here's an ad from our sponsor anchor. All right, so a couple quick things before we really get into the intricacies and you know go quarter by quarter and player by player like I usually do in these post-game podcasts. A few things off the top. The Mavericks and the Blazers both have back-to-backs tomorrow. Um, it will be on the second night of a back-to-back tomorrow. So the Blazers pulled all their starters after getting you know down by like maybe like roughly 15 or 16 in that third quarter, just midway through the third quarter. I think Chauncey Billups probably did that just from the standpoint that they're playing again tomorrow versus the Rockets. Maybe they wanted to let those guys, you know, get a little rest before, you know, that all, all unfolds. But, you know, they are playing um, a very young and um, sort of a, I don't know, young and um, inconsistent would be the word, Houston team. Um, so, that could have been the reason. Um, I was surprised that he pulled them out early. I still thought it, you know, thought he would have let them ride a little longer, but you know, it went to the Mavericks benefactor that we didn't have to see Dame Lillard or anything, you know, lead a comeback charge for a Mavericks team that has definitely had their moments in terms of letting teams back in games. That was um, sorely needed. So I was happy with that. Of course, Dwight Powell early on in that third quarter, only like a minute or two in suffered a thigh contusion. He did not return to the game. Um, Christian Wood ate up a lot of his first half minutes anyways, but um, you know, it is just labeled as a contusion, so it doesn't sound like anything too serious, but him even missing a little time with, you know, this maxi injury news that sort of has uh, come underwater would definitely, you know, be very detrimental to the Maverick center situation, especially with how bad JaVale McGee's played. And, you know, I wasn't really able to fully cover the maxi injury situation since that kind of happened in between last post-game podcast. I think it happened that following morning after I released the uh, – post-game podcast against Cleveland, of course. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Maxi sustained a torn hamstring uh, via hyperextending his knee in practice. And, you know, he's expected to miss around six to eight weeks. And, obviously, you know, especially the way that he had started to come into fruition, really those last 15, 20 games that we had talked countlessly about on this podcast. Um, I mean, he was a huge essential role player for the Mavericks, especially – you know, him and those wood lineups really start. I think the Mavericks really started to find something there, you know, having a big that can cover up some of the defensive deficiencies that Christian Wood, um, you know, carries with him. And it's it's just a real blow, right? Because, um, you know, with trade season and everything coming up, I mean, that's obviously not the only reason, um, but it, it just does not give you near as much flexibility, right? And in terms of what the Mavericks are going to go do going forward, you know, I don't know if you're going to do anything in the immediate future in terms of tending to the maxi situation. Um, but I can tell you as much that this definitely needs to serve as a red herring for them to go out and explore contingency options for that maxi position. There were some guys available this season that I've seen throughout on Twitter, like Jalen Smith or some young guys, you know, just those guys that can play the, can defend the four, can guard up if they need to. Um, but it can also guard wings. You know, I, idealistically, you look for some guys that maybe are a little more mobile, can guard the wings a little bit better than Maxi. 
Um, but I mean, he's even at his age, he is still a huge defensive presence off the bench for us. And um, I think, you know, some would consider him the best defender on the team. You know, I personally would maybe still lean Dorian just from the standpoint that he's consistently getting the toughest matchup every night and still is holding his own. Um, if you look at that, there's a Kurt Goldsberry graph on Twitter um, that points out the toughest matchup and, you know, defensive prowess via those matchups. Um, you know, Kirk Goldsberry of, um, God, I don't know where he's at. He's Sports Illustrated, I believe. Maybe he, is, he might be at ESPN, uh, but he does those like um, his little basketball index charts that are always really cool that he releases weekly. And um, Dorian was like in the top right corner, um, you know, showing that he essentially is guarding fairly well and getting some of the toughest matchups in the league. Um, and it just, you know, you know, debate a wall basically in terms of who's better between Maxi or Dorian, right? You could go either way. Um, but nonetheless, the Mavericks are losing a very essential piece off the bench. And it definitely effectively limits their, their defensive flexibility more so than anything. And I think that that was even emblematic in this one when the Blazers played their starters a lot. Um, you know, I thought Christian Wood actually stepped up and had a fairly good de defensive game in this one. Um, the Mavericks played a little matchup zone at times. The Blazers played a lot of zone them, themselves. You know, I mentioned it in the first Blazers pod, but they play um, some of the most zone in the league. So it was interesting to see, you know, like once the Mavericks were able to get into that painted area and Luca was able to kick it out to his shooters. I mean, there were some of the more wide open looks that I had seen this season from guys, even if they weren't making it um, particularly like, Mavericks ran a lot of double screens with, you know, Reggie and Wood at the top with Luca, And, I mean, it just seemed like it was inevitable that there was going to be Christian Wood open at the top of the key almost every possession. And, you know, he'd have the ability to attack off a closeout or shoot it right then and there or just keep swinging it around. I mean, it just seemed as if any time the Mavericks got to any player within the painted area um, and any sort of help defense came over from the Blazers' perspective – they were going to be able to swing it outside of the perimeter and the Mavericks were more than likely going to get an open three. Uh, I, you know, the Blazers typically like they've upped their defense this year. They have better personnel than in years prior. You know, some of those younger guys off the bench and Shaden Sharp and Trenton Wofford, Justice Winslow, when he's not being a complete offensive liability, they have some wiry guys out there, you know, and of course, Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant in that starting lineup that can, you know, really serve to compensate for some of the, you know, really bad defense that you know, you're going to get from like Lillard and Nurkic, right, um, at the point of attack and in terms of their rim protection. They can compensate for that in the wing to an extent, but I don't know what it was tonight specifically, um, but they just did not look crisp on their defensive rotations whatsoever. I mean, you know, I know guarding Luka is by no means easy and it's a huge handful um, but, I mean, they just didn't – it almost seemed like they were very nonchalant running at the shooters and what, and uh, everything of that nature. So, the Mavericks, I thought, definitely were huge benefactors of that. They went 18-43 to 43 on threes, and um, they shot the ball really well. But it was also a game where they didn't really necessarily need to shoot as well as they did to win this game, which I think that that was, like, my most promising takeaway was, like, the Mavericks could have probably had a bad shooting night and still won this game which you, we can't really say about 
um, a lot of these wins where the Mavericks, you know, shoot, you know, above 43 pointers in a game, you know, this team very much kind of lives and dies by the three. And just because of the um, sheer ability of Christian Wood largely to be able to shot create a little more, especially in the second unit um, at the top of the key on those Blazers center, you know, carry some of the isolation possessions. We saw Dinwiddie, um, we saw Tim Hardaway Jr. really use his ability to get under screens and utilize the mid-range tonight. We saw a lot of Mavericks, you know, not necessarily do things that they don't normally do, but we haven't really had a game like this where we've seen Luca, Spencer, Tim, and Christian Wood um, all like really be effectively, um, you know, play, like not effectively, but effectively, um, you know, isolating and being able to get to the rim at will and being able to spot up and get to their own spots. We haven't seen all four of them hit in like one game like this. And that's the reason I think that it was such a, uh, the Mavericks were able to run away with this one so easily. You know, you can't really rely on, you know, basically even sometimes most nights, like two of those guys to be able to do that, uh, much less three or four. So the fact that all three, four of those guys were on was great. You know, while Dinwiddie's the only technical, like, other primary ball handler, you know, Tim and Christian Wood, of course, can bear some creation load and um, what have you, especially Christian Wood, you know, once he gets going, it's just been a matter this season of actually getting him going when Luca's not on the court. How can the Mavericks use Christian Wood when Luca, um, you know, when they don't have that pick and roll pairing? Because, you know, they're already just – in terms of the way Jason Kidd sort of holds his rotations, they're already not playing a lot together um, as much as they idealistically could be. So the fact that, you know, tonight, for instance, um, we saw a concerted effort to get Christian Wood the ball in those non-Luca minutes. Uh, that was really something that was a sight for sore eyes. And they just went to him like, you know, they, they saw that they recognized that he was able to attack some mismatches and they, they went to it. You know, on nights that um, he may not be doing as good, I, I get veering away from that a little bit. But, you know, this is a guy who needs those touches. you got to go to him at least a little bit. I mean, I, I think that the Mavericks would be surprised what they get out of him. And by no means is that sort of a cure-all to the ball in or situation. But it's definitely a way the Mavericks could alleviate some of this pain from Doncic, right? Um, and we saw that tonight during stretches, um, you know, especially with how it seemed almost passive at times the Blazers defense was in terms of getting out to guys. So that was um, really good to see. Um, so, I mean, if we just want to back up kind of and look at the game sequentially, the Blazers kind of had a shot making clinic in that first quarter. They were making some just really tough shots, you know, whether it be Lillard step backs or uh, Grant, you know, willing his way to making these tough mid range twos. Um, it almost looked very reminiscent of that first Blazers game. You're like, oh, man, what's going to happen here? Um, it's not even like the Mavericks were necessarily playing bad. It's more so just the Blazers were just making a lot of tough shots. But, you know, after a slow-ish start, the Mavericks were really able to pick up some slack after, the, you know, a couple of Luka threes, him using his ability to get into the lane. I mean, there's – you know, obviously Jeremy Grant, a solid defender, has the size, of course. Um, but, you know, like the Blazers don't even have any sort of semblance of a guy who has an opportunity to even limit Luka. I mean, you're talking about only maybe the top 10 defenders in the league 
can really even limit Luca, and that's only if he's already kind of in his head having an off night. Um, and you know, we we see those off nights from him, you know, once every four games or so, when just a minute, and the workload starts to catch up to him. But I mean, this one was an uber efficient game from him. 29 minutes, 33 points, nine assists, six rebounds. He was getting to his spots. I mean, he had that, he had one uh, turnaround fadeaway in the first quarter where I believe it was Anthony Simons. He just absolutely shook. Like, I mean, he pivoted and just, you know, backed up and shot it. Luca. I mean, it was just one of the more efficient offensive games we've seen from him this year, 11 of 18. Um, the three was going down and it just opened up so much for him in terms of when Luca gets these closeouts from opposing defenders, when his three is hitting, um, he's virtually unstoppable. Right. And then, and I know that we'd like to see him use getting in the lane more to open that three up more so than the other way around. But when he is able to hit that three first, I mean, it's just, he's an absolute uh, opposing coach's nightmare. Right. I mean, you just, this guy is a three-level score with the passing ability of, I mean, like, I mean, Magic Johnson-esque passing ability. I mean, there's just no nothing you can do. And we see this time and time again every game. And, you know, there's – there's I kind of run out of words to be able to describe how he plays as we can – you know, as I've started this podcast, I had listened to so many Mavs podcasters before I started my podcast, of course, and they always talked about – um sort of the redundancy of talking about Luca game to game because it's just so good all the time it's like what more is there to say I mean like I said that's why I mentioned at the top of the pod his dunk because that was like just an insane you know otherworldly highlight play that we would not have expected from him um you know obviously it was funny that you know he got up there like that but I mean you've seen the increased stamina um we've and that that's you can definitely see how that's voted a little bit better for his athleticism. That was a big thing we talked about going into the year. And, you know, you can just see the step. He's just playing um, in elite shape right now, um, comparable to some previous years. You know, he's not there all the way in terms of being, um, you know, this like LeBron-esque type guy who just can stand the test of time. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I know Lucas still definitely enjoys himself sometimes. He's, he's not mastered taking care of his body by any means. Um, but he's gotten a lot better at it compared to the last couple of years. And it's been quite the revelation to see how just a slight boost in endurance and athleticism has voted for his game this year. I mean, if the Mavericks had even a slightly better, better record, he would be the um, consensus unanimous MVP in my opinion. And I don't, I don't really think that that's um, too, you know, I don't think that's too, uh, crazy to say by any means right um but you know i mean he's just another master class for him the way he was able to manipulate the pick and roll with pal and wood tonight was great he um was getting a lot of his just getting all the way into the paint and pivoting off one foot throwing it back out to the top of the key passes in this one he was getting i mean he has just a way of moving side to side um that was he was able to just basically dissect the blazers zone that really kind of haunted them. Um, they like just, you know, their whole hallmark of that Blazers zone this year, and, you know, has been able to just limit guys from getting inside, you know, especially with the lack of rim protection in Nurkic and, you know, use those long rangey wings to go close out on shooters. Um, but Luca is able to just manipulate it in a, in a way that shifts the defense over 
you know, two, three times during a possession, like, what are you going to do at that point? Um, the Mavericks are going to end up getting an open shot. That's what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, just a great game from him. Spencer, definitely a little more of an, um, uh, not a passive game, but an assertive game from him. He um, went three for six from threes. Uh, all, all those, I believe, were catch and shoots, maybe except one. I had one nice drive to the rim. I love seeing how him and Tim are, you know, actually being able to complement each other in this starting lineup. Um, they're, you know, they had a few times tonight where both of those guys got out in transition, which was good to see, you know, Tim and an and one Spencer had a three in transition. Um, but just kind of seeing them split the shot creation duties and, you know, Spencer definitely deferring more to the playmaking aspect of it. And, you know, Tim short of the shot creation aspect of it has been really good to see and something that's really worked um, well offensively to say the um, absolute least, because there was a little weird time period there where it looked kind of clunky offensively, but they definitely have figured it out in terms of knowing their roles. You know, if it's a time where we're going to need Spencer's um, concerted effort to get into the lane, that's going to be, it seems like that's becoming more prominent, even losses. Like I'm noticing this, right. Um, If it's a time where we're going to need more Tim shooting, um, you know, they'll run him off some down screens uh, to get him the ball. Um, They'll run Tim off just, um, you know, picks right around the elbow to where he can pull up for a mid-range shot. They, they seem to have, uh, Jason Kidd has actually done a good job implementing those sort of op- offensive actions between those two guys. And I think it's been a good, good way of uh, alleviating offensive pressure on Luca in the starting lineup, no doubt about it. Um, there obviously are a lot of negatives in terms of defensively that persist with that. And, you know, I still think Josh Green could uh, serve to be inserted in terms of Tim's spot just in my humble opinion still, um, whenever he gets back from that right elbow sprain, that is, of course. Um, but nonetheless, like, it's it's looked really good offensively. You could see, you know, especially in a game where Anthony Simons went three of ten, um, just really struggled. Tim actually thought did a really good job on him tonight. Uh, one of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s best defensive efforts, this in the Cleveland game, he has had a couple few good defensive games well uh, I think opposing teams need to be watching out for this uh, on the uh, on the trade block but um all jokes aside like I've actually kind of been quite surprised I don't know if Tim's going to be able to sustain this by any means but he did a pretty good job on Simon's side I mean he stuck him well he you know while Tim doesn't have the wiry nature of any you know of actually like a good wing or you know having that long wingspan to really be able to hone in on guys um, he, he was able to use his foot speed really well in this one. He kind of ran off Simons into some tough floaters and uh, what have you at some point. So that was um, really encouraging to see. And I, I mean, overall, like I said, outside of Lillard's six of 14 shooting and Nurkic, you know, being able to body his way inside on wood on occasion, just cause you know, he's too much of an offensive headache for a guy like Christian Wood, who's not a rim protector. Uh, the Blazers definitely had a negative regressing, offensive night they just found it tough to be able to um get any sort of flow going they missed a lot of open shots the Mavericks like I said didn't play a perfect defensive game by any means and especially in those minutes and you know early on in the first and early on in the third we're rolling out this lineup with Dinwiddie Doncic and Hardaway you could see opportunities arise where the Blazers had a lot of open threes and there were a lot there were quite a few missed rotations for the Mavericks um but in those lineups where the Mavericks had Bullock coming off the bench and um, Frank in this one, who played 28 minutes. Um, We'll get to him later on the podcast. That was a very interesting development tonight. 
and those minutes where, you know, you had Frank and Reggie and you're obviously giving up some offense and, you know, Dorian, of course, and maybe Luca out there, those lineups definitely were flying all over the place, crisp on rotations, applying great ball pressure and that in tandem with the Blazers having sort of a, you know, regressive night in the minutes where the Mavericks were, did not have their best defensive lineups out there. Um, definitely voted for how the final score ended up turning out in terms of the Blazers only scoring 110 points. That was very um, good. I mean, it was encouraging from the Mavericks perspective that they were at least able to, I mean, the fact that they were able to win the minutes um, when the Blazers didn't, uh, were going up against some of the Mavericks worse or defenders that, you know, you can attribute that more to look obviously, but the Mavericks, um, some of those lineups with Bullock and Frank Nilakina off the bench being your point of attack defenders really actually, I thought did, um, did numbers on Lillard and Simons in terms of limiting their offensive impact on the game. So, I mean, yeah, let's just go ahead and get into it right there with um, Frank and Reggie. Like I said, they made a great um, effort in terms of being able to really limit the point of attack offense from the trailblazers tonight. They did a great job um, switching. There was at one point, I, like when Frank just like first checked in, he had like a, there's like a weird sort of obscure kind of loose balls possession. Shaden Sharp kind of just picks it up, whips up a little floater and Frank blocks him. And I mean, it was honestly Frank's best game of the year. He got consistent minutes ever since Josh Green's been out, um, you know, barring that Chicago game, these last two, we've seen um, Jason Kidd defer to Frank Nitlikina in that Josh Green role um, being that sort of, um, I guess, went three and D wing off the bench. You know, he, they obviously there's some stylistic differences. Frank doesn't have the passing ability that Josh has, um, nor, you know, the, the whole highly coveted ability to be the role man, the four and three scenarios that we were, you know, we started to tout Josh with as after some of those games um, leading up to his injury. Right. But I mean, Frank is contributing and there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's playing reminiscent defense of what he did last year versus the Suns. I mean, he's really like locking up opposing teams, best players. I mean, you can just see, there were some possessions. I think there was one time where he picked up Lillard like full court, applied some pressure, like knocked the ball out of bounds. I mean, he's playing in fantastic defense. Like, I, I, I don't want to like gas him up too much or anything like that. I'm not a Frank Nitlikina stand by any means, but I mean, I, I also don't want to understate how good of defense he's playing in these minutes. I mean, this seeing that the Mavericks were relying on Frank for 28 minutes and him actually producing, he knocked down two threes, um, and he got to the rim for like a surprisingly good attack off a closeout where he actually kind of used an assortment of dribble moves to get to the rim and finish the layup. Like there were just some things to be encouraged about with him. And like, there's no really other way to slice it. He went three for four. He missed one three, but I mean, I was like really surprised by the sort of overall impact. He was a plus 11 when he was on the court. I mean, there were obviously a lot of pluses tonight in a blowout win like this, but yeah, I mean, great game by Frank no other way to slice it in 28 minutes he got a lot of garbage time run as well but I mean he just came in did his job really well and I mean he actually didn't look like half bad handling the ball out there definitely not like the third ball handler or anything that you know would really elevate him into making a Kemba Walker or somebody like that on this team redundant um but I mean 
vouching for potential minutes, even when Josh Green comes back, or, you know, at least like that ninth or 10th guy in the rotation that can fill a void occasionally, like that may be a question mark if he continues to play like this. You know, he's only played 11 games this season, had been dealing with that injury stuff to start the year, but uh, let, let's see what he does. I mean, it, I've been very encouraged, you know, obviously a game where essentially the whole roster plays good in this one, but I mean, nonetheless, let's frank the tank, baby. Let's, let's keep it churning. It was a, it was a fun little run of it from him. Kemba Walker got 13 minutes in this one. He uh, went two for five. This is the first game he played in since the Chicago game. Um, he actually got, you know, solid, meaningful minutes in that second quarter for a little stretch. He, you know, there was a possession that was really emblematic. I thought of, um, the Mavericks like third ball handler situation what Kemba can add in spurts he got the ball in the baseline like late in the second quarter after the Mavericks went off for a crazy 41 points in that second quarter and was able to attack and you know his layup hit off the backboard it was a tough contest I can't remember who the defender was but he got it back and flipped it up for a little and one and then he made a three in that fourth quarter um some just kind of little nuggets and stuff but you can see how his quickness and his passing ability during stretches could definitely help the Mavericks out more so than Composo could. Um, he just looks like he's a lot more dynamic offensively. You can see where the explosiveness definitely like fades away compared to the old Kimball Walker. You can see like a distinct difference. There's no doubt about that. I'm not negating that, you know, he's definitely a shelf of his former self. Um, but there is two appearances with the Mavericks, you know, you can definitely see that he get out of something. And at the very least, a, a veteran presence to Jaden Hardy and some of those younger guys, right? Really just Jaden Hardy and Josh Green because Mavericks are like a top five oldest team in the league. So, um, but nonetheless, it was cool to see him get a little run in this game, uh, especially with the just plethora of injuries the Mavericks have right now. Reggie, he played really good defense, like I had referenced, especially at the point of attack on Lillard. Um, really limit, li uh, limited Lillard in like those second and third quarters, cooled him down a lot. Yeah, Lillard was able to get to the lineup will, but, you know, he did get a lot of those sort of superstarish calls that he tends to get. Um, I thought Reggie played as good of a game as he could, you know, didn't really take a ton of threes, but, you know, he went like in and out on his two other that he missed and he made one, but it wasn't the penultimate Reggie Bullock shooting game. So, you know, while he went one for four, I'm not going to call it a bad shooting game or anything. He just, you know, wasn't, he played really good defense and came in and filled his role. And I, I've liked how his how he's looked off the bench. Uh, you know, I'm still one to vouch for Josh Green being in the starting lineup if he's going to play the way that he had been playing pre-injury. Um, you know, I, I would like him over Tim Hardaway Jr. just because I think I don't think the Mavericks could get away with this sort of the defensive liabilities that um, rest in starting both Doncic, Dinwiddie, and Hardaway long term. You know. There was part, there's partly an inclination, I will admit tonight, for the Mavericks from me, for the Mavericks to just go all in on offense. You know, I'm just seeing these lineups gel, particularly in that first and second quarter when everything is just working and clicking. And, you know, the Mavericks, you know, Luca and Christian Wood is just an absolute bucket every time. Like there was just without a shadow of a doubt, if they ran that double pick and roll with Reggie um, and then Wood both screening for Luca and then one of those guys flares out and, um, you know, Wood goes to the basket. It wasn't a Spain pick and roll because Reggie's not setting a screen on Wood's man, but that double pick and roll is what the Mavericks ran a lot tonight. And, you know, that seemed like it just caught Eubanks and Nurkic up in the mix. And 
Um, you know, it gave Wood the ability to flare out at the top of the key if Luca drew another defender and drove all the way in or roll hard to the basket. It's just like, man, like, should we just push everybody out there on the court? Let's go Kemba, Spencer, Luca, Christian Wood, and Tim and see what happens. How many points can we score? Because I don't know if the Mavericks have enough, you know, paint protection or wing defenders on their roster to actually be able to hold up. Um, that was a funny little thought that came to my head. But, I mean, obviously that's not particularly realistic, but it might honestly be their best route in, in some stretches. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, that second quarter, the, yeah, the Mavericks were really able to just take it to the Blazers offensively. They're, you know, as hot as they were shooting the ball in tandem with, you know, how good Luca was at, you know, knifing his way through the defense, getting to the rim and the lob game with Christian Wood. Um, the Blazers' bigs' inability to cover said lob game, you know, being sort of slow-footed and drop coverage, um, you know, it was great. I mean, I, I didn't expect the Mavericks to come in and blow this Blazers team out of the water by any means. Like, I honestly thought the Blazers were probably going to steal this game first night of a back-to-back. Um, but, you know, just with the Blazers resting their starters early, seeing that their defensive intensity kind of tailed off a little bit, you know, I can, de- I can definitively say the Mavericks won this game. Um, but the Blazers definitely played a part in um, in their own uh, – what is it? They, they played a part in their own misery tonight, for sure, in terms of losing this game. Like, they were not – this was not just a pure wire-to-wire Maverick, you know, dominant performance. You could tell at times the Blazers were just out of sorts and they were kind of having a sort of regression game. But, uh, I mean, it doesn't take away from how sorely needed this Mavericks win was – got us back over over 500 we just keep teetering in between 500 and a game above 500 which is really funny um and it was cool to just see everybody step up tonight um like I said between those four and Dinwiddie Doncic and Christian Wood who had his best game of the Mavericks I mean he was aggressive on the boards tonight Christian Wood had two blocks I, like I said I thought he played as good as defense as he could yeah sure when he was matched up upon Nurkic he obviously got bodied and what have you, but he did a few good jobs stepping up as a rim protector. He wasn't a total abomination on his rotations, you know, definitely a slightly above average defensive game from him. And that's all you can ask from him in tandem with him being able to face up on these bigs who were closing out so hard on him and get to the basket at will. Um, He was hitting his, he only hit two threes tonight, but he hit a lot of mid range shots. I mean, there was just a masterclass and this, you know, this is the reason that we want him starting, especially with, who knows what's up with Dwight Powell right now? I don't doubt this. I don't think this thigh contusion thing will be something that's going to keep him out long term. But I mean, with the whole maxi out now, I mean, there's just no reason to not get the most out of Christian Wooden started because he's literally just a Dwight Powell who can shoot better. I mean, he's a better, arguably a better, maybe one-on-one defender slash rim protector. But I'd probably say Powell has the edge in terms of being a team defender and He's a more switchable guy. Well, he's better at closing out on guys, um, things of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, there was a, an encouraging game from that aspect. Um, I don't know if this is a win that we have, like, a ton to take away from. Like, you know, it, you can kind of just write this off as one of those, eh, the Blazers kind of settled this one and the Mavericks just finally took advantage uh, but nonetheless, it doesn't negate how much it was needed, and it's a step in the right direction. Um, if we want to just hammer a few other points off, um, you know, Dorian did a really good job also defending Lillard during stretches. He also had to carry the burden of defending Jeremy Grant during times. He 
Mavericks were really switch heavy tonight. And, you know, I really thought between Dorian, Reggie, and um, Frank, they all played stellar defense on Simons, Lillard, and Grant. I mean, that without a shadow of a doubt, the, they played really good individual defense. You know, once those guys, there were very few times where I thought that those guys just got, you know, pure blow buys or um, the Mavericks weren't funneling them to the rim in a way that was going to make them have to make some sort of errant pass um, in, in the pick and roll or some sort of hard wraparound pass. Like they did a really good job applying pressure tonight, which is um, definitely encouraged, especially with the Bang Bros early season uh, sort of defensive struggles where they weren't really providing anything on three or D. Uh, Dorian knocked in a few threes tonight, um, but nothing really crazy from him. Just a very average game where he played solid defense. Um, Dwight, you know, before his thigh contusion had a lob and then an and, and um, he had a lob where he capitalized upon with Luca and um, he had his th three free throws, but um, barring that, nothing crazy from him. Um, let's see, JaVale played in garbage time, went over three, like I had referenced with the Greg Brown slam, he got absolutely posterized upon, which is really funny. And then he tried doing some like hook shot stuff at the other end and like a little spin move that didn't work. So you could really see how it all just came to his demise there in those um, lasting minutes where he just couldn't get anything going. It was honestly like kind of funny to watch just because we knew it wasn't costing us whatsoever. But had that been within the flow of the actual game, uh, Twitter would have been in shambles to say the least. Uh, you know, Theo Pinson got running garbage time, didn't really do much. Uh, Jaden Hardy came out and got six points, got to the rim, was attacking in garbage time. Love to see it. Um, Jason Kidd didn't go to the garbage time guys until – maybe about, <coughs> excuse me, guys, I apologize. Um, but Jason Kidd didn't go to those guys in garbage time until maybe about seven minutes left in the game. We saw him finally defer to those guys a little bit earlier than he typically does. So that was nice because the Mavericks basically carried a, you know, 20, 25 point lead, um, from about midway through the third quarter when the Blazers took their starters out onwards. So it was nice that Jason Kidd didn't wait too long to really get into the flow of things there. That was definitely encouraging. I was scared that he was going to play one of our guys or Christian Wood or something too long, but he got to those guys fast. And it was cool to see Jaden Harley hoop it up, see him and Kemba out there in uh, garbage time together, getting some run at it. It was just a really overall fun, feel-good win on a Friday night. I don't know how much of this that I, like I said, that I want to attribute to the Blazers kind of having a weird sloppy off night versus the Mavericks actually playing really good. But to say the least, the Mavericks did shoot the heck out of the ball. And um, Dorian, Frank, and Reggie all played great point of attack defense. And the dynamism between Luca and Christian Woods' offensive effect on this game was on full display, whether they were with each other or it was in non-Luka minutes or non-Christian minutes, one of the other guys was carrying the burden tonight and doing so in a manner that, you know, fully exemplified each of their skill sets. And that was beautiful to see. It was probably the first time that we'd seen it to that effect this season, both of those guys having above 30 points. It was just a great game. Um, you know, some of the, like, like I said, in terms of the Blazers tonight, um, we already talked kind of at nauseam about like Nurkic and Lillard. Josh Hart had a solid game. He played good defense and came in and got his few rebounds, got his couple transition layups, but you know, he only played 22 minutes. He wasn't just, he just, 
he didn't carry enough of the burden tonight for them to be like largely impactful, but you, I love his game. I mean, he would be a great player on any team, just a jack of all trades skill set that he has, but you know, there's a reason that he's in the starting lineup next to a team that's 16 and 13 right now in the Western conference. Anthony Simons, like I said, had a really bad, you know, just off night. You kind of write this one off for him. He's not going to play that bad normally. That was also him and, you know, him and Grant and the shooting as bad as they did definitely um, was a huge benefit for the Mavericks. I thought the Mavericks did a really good job, like I said, particularly on both of those guys of collapsing when they got in the paint and running out to them and um, playing really good perimeter defense on them. Um, but nonetheless, they would still on a normal night, I think, knock down a few, a lot, a few more of those open looks that they had for sure. Cause they kind of just were clanking it, but you know, that's the sort of psychological effect that you can kind of manipulate if you, as you know, as the opposing defense that like the Mavericks were in this scenario, if you end up causing some misses at the rim, that can really start to get into some guys' heads. So that's something to maybe look forward to at points. Um, Trenton Wofford did really get off the bench. Uh, he had a few threes, looked really good getting to the rim. I like his game. He's a really good three and D guy who has some bounce in him, who just really wiry, switchable guy, good cutter. Um, but, you know, he played a lot of more so garbage time minutes than anything. He's a really aggressive rebounder. Um, he had a double-double tonight. He, he was good off the bench, but he didn't get enough time during the mainstay of minutes there for the Blazers to really impact the game um, to a huge degree. Keon Johnson, he looked like pissed off at points, you know, former lottery pick. He's a he's an interesting kind of kid. I mean, he kind of looks – I don't know too much about his game, but um, decent defender. He's just kind of a – really kind of like natural born score type guy, but just really inconsistent. And I think that's kind of been his issue uh, coming into the league, but he looked good in stretches. Shaden Sharp got 29 minutes. And I mean, there were a few uh, lobs and garbage time there from him, you know, not just that Greg Brown, the third lob, but where Shaden Sharp took off and, you know, you saw the jumping out the gym ability in full display. Um, but of course it didn't really matter too much. Um, but I mean, that, that kid obviously has a ton of potential when he, when he figures it out. I mean, he was a down game from him too. He normally plays a little bit better than four of 12 and, um, has, you know, more consistent defense. And, you know, like I said, the Blazers had a lot of guys who kind of had a one-off negative regression game, but had they not, this could have been a wildly different outcome, but nonetheless, you know, it was still a really good fun win for the Mavericks. Right. Um, lastly, I guess on the Blazers side of things, you know, looking at Justice Winslow, he's an interesting guy, you know, of course he can, his big thing in his career has just been trying to get his shot going. He was able to do some ball handling duties, played fairly good defense, but he like air ball to three, which was really funny at one point. He's, he's aggressive and I like his game, but it's just, like I said, wildly inconsistent. If the Blazers are able, ever able to squeeze some consistency out of him, that's going to do wonders for their wing depth on that team. Cause it's already really solid. And I really like their squad. Um, Eubanks, I think is typically a little bit better of a defender than he showed tonight. Uh, but the Mavericks did do a really good job with that double screen and roll with wood. And I think wood being able to ferment his outside shooting tonight just did Eubanks in, in those 13 minutes that he played because there was really no way to guard Christian wood tonight, the way that, I mean, cause if you, the aggressive closeouts from the Blazer bigs. I mean, Nurkic in particular, of course, um, because he's just too slow-footed. But 
I mean, even Eubanks, the guy who's at least like maybe an average or slightly above average defender, even he really had nothing to be able to limit Wood because of the just sheer um, the sheer ability of Wood to use the outside shot to open up himself getting into the paint. Um, but yeah, it was a really good, like I said, feel good win. The Mavericks play versus the Cavs tomorrow night. We will finally be back, me and Jared together. I'm excited to cover it. Maybe can the Mavericks get their only second um, complete back-to-back sweep of the season? We will see. I think they only had one other, where they actually won both games this year. That'll be really interesting. It was a really good, fun, feel-good win. The Mavericks' um, big man depth is definitely getting tormented here with the whole Maxi thing, which is really discouraging, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, and we'll see what happens with Dwight. I mean, the time is now to move Christian Wood to the starting lineup of your Jason kid after a game like this. I'm not saying Christian Wood is going to be able to exploit mismatches like this every game because, you know, this Blazers team in particular um, definitely um, doesn't have like the most insane rim protection, um, especially if you're able to break through that first level of their perimeter defense like Luca was. But nonetheless, it'll be really interesting to see how Christian Wood's offensive impact can transcend going forward i definitely think the mavericks have still been misusing him to an extent even in some of these off games he's have i still think that they could find him a little more try to get him a little more involved like i think he should at least be scoring double digits every game that's just my humble opinion i can i can hear the arguments for both sides as to why some people would not think he's a good fit on the team right uh, but really good fun feel go feel good win and i'm excited to be back tomorrow with jaron that'll be fun to finally get the game back together and cover a game holistically with both of us because, you know, you don't get Jaron's narrative-based perspective. You just have to listen to me going over plays, um, which, of course, is just no fun, I'm sure. I'm just joking with you guys. I, we obviously know I'm all better than Jaron. But with that being said, I will catch you guys tomorrow with Jaron. A really exciting win for the Mavericks despite all the adversity they're dealing with and the injuries and stuff. Josh Green is hopefully – per Jason Kidd, going to be back sometime um, after the Mavericks' next practice. Um, he's going to apparently hopefully get some run in practice. I don't know if, you know, that's obviously not going to be for the road trip. I know he's going on the road trip. I don't know if they'll have like a mini practice on one of these road trips or what, but I, I doubt he's going to be able to play tomorrow. You know, Davis Bertans was out with a non-COVID illness, so that's a – Obviously, Maxie's going to be out, and I don't know Dwight's status. So that's like the injury report for tomorrow night. But, um, you know, it's going to be a tough one. We saw how the Cavs exposed the Mavericks. And don't don't think for a second that this Blazers game is any sort of cure-all or don't get manipulated that – I'm sure you guys aren't, but don't get manipulated to thinking that the Mavericks are going to be able to do this every night. There was definitely some Blazers just playing bad, sloppiness sort of stuff here that came into effect. Um, but it was a much-needed and fun win. And I'm excited to see if the Mavericks can get anything going, if they can keep this up in any sort of fashion, even if it's just live and die by the three wins are needed and they're fun. Cause in a season where mediocrity is the centripetal theme uh, to deviate from that and actually win a lot is, is fun to say the least. So I will catch you guys in the next one with Jaron tomorrow. We will be back. Gang is in full effect. Mainstream Mavs signing out. Peace. <laughs>